17, final week of the NFL season. I have to admit, I'm a little sad. Sad? Because <laughs> it's over. Oh, sad. Oh, it's not what over. Are we going to the playoffs. What, what are we going to do on Friday Are we going to do for playoffs? I don't think so. Do you want to? Maybe first round or two. No, oh, maybe. Like Can a short do, I mean, listen, we could always do like a five-minute quick... No, five analysis. minutes, it's way too much trouble to process this thing. All right. Anyway. Um, all right. So. What about likes? Yes. So this is most likely going to be our final podcast of the season. We'll see. Maybe we'll do like a half an hour one during the playoffs. But um, if you are watching us now or if you've watched us at all this season, um, make sure that you subscribe to us on YouTube um, and or like us on Facebook so that next season um, you'll be notified when we're back for uh, the 2021 football season. <laughs> Do you have anything to say? Okay. You're not disputing the fact that we're going to be back. It's a long way. We got a long way until next football season. All right. So <laughs> what is up with your mic? microphones? I don't know. <laughs> you bought them. <laughs> I know. I had that problem with mine earlier in the season, but it's okay now. Um, all right. So all right. quick recap <clears throat> of week our week 16 um, picks. I was seven and three. Uh, Steve was eight and six. So, and Steve, you owe me 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still sitting here from before. Here's um, your 20 bucks. Because our pet, I don't know why or how, but our bet <laughs> last week was. He would start the Redskins <laughs> game? Started for the Redskins. He would come into it. And I won. So it was Dwayne Haskins. All right. So, all right. We're going to go through, and you're going to have to help me with this because the games are out of order and we want to try to do them in order that they're going to be played. Yeah, we'll do the one o'clock games and then roll to 425. And then hit the 820 last, which is so, Washington versus Philly. Right. All games on Sunday this week. Um, week 17, a little tricky for betting purposes because we have a lot of teams that are not playing for anything. Um, and some teams that we, we're not exactly sure what they're going to do. So well, we went through the whole schedule and just so to save yourself the time. It is set up where anything that really impacts the one o'clock games, like other games, they're all playing the games at the same time. So nobody's really in a position where they're going to know whether the game means nothing. Right. There's actually eight games at, in the four o'clock window this week um, for that reason. So the NFL did a good job on that. Yeah. Um, all right. So the first game we're going to talk about then is Dallas at the Giants. This opened at minus three and a half in favor of the Giants. It is now minus one and a half in favor of Dallas. Um, I would still consider this two bad teams playing each other and I'm not sure I want to pick the game for that uh, reason. Well, it's an interesting game because if you look like the, if you just look at how they're coming in, <clears throat> the giants have not played well the last couple of games. They lost to Baltimore. 
um, right? They lost to the Browns at home. Um, they, they really have struggled at the quarterback position. Jones is definitely not the quarterback. He was in the beginning of the season when he was healthy and running around, which is really the value of Jones, right? At quarterback, he can run the ball. He at least gives you that threat so it opens up the passing lanes. So I think... I think it's pretty evident now that that he's not 100% back, that he's talking about it in the press conference and probably a little bit too much uh, for the coach's liking. And if you look at Dallas, Dallas is coming in, they're firing on all cylinders. They probably look the best they've looked all season, which you can't say that about any of the other teams in the NFC East. Um, so I'm not going to overthink this one. I really do like to play, I think, uh, given the fact that Jones is less of a mobile threat and they haven't really looked like the, a good offense, even though they, you know, seem to have some good receivers. They have a good tight end, um, but if the quarterback's not mobile, and the way Dallas's defensive line is playing, they're really getting at the quarterback. Um, and the key for me is that Dallas, Dallas's own quarterback position, um, Andy Dalton looks like he's getting more confidence with the playbook. He's executing more. They're putting points on the board. Um, so I'm going Dallas here. All right, now this game only has any playoff implications if Washington, which is the night game, if Washington was to lose, then the winner of this game, Dallas or the Giants, would um, have a spot in the playoffs. That's a key point here, right? So in essence, they're coming in at 1 o'clock and playing with the mindset that the winner of this could could be the NFC East champion and go to the playoffs. So they're going to both be playing hard to win this game. All right. So next game up is... You don't have a play? No. Mm -mm. Okay. Next game up is Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Now, Pittsburgh has already come out and said that they're going to sit Ben Roethlisberger, their center, Marquise Pouncey, and uh, defensive end Cam Hayward, as well as linebacker TJ Watt. Um, It will be Mason Rudolph, uh, who starts the game for Pittsburgh, um, we do have the narrative factor because it was um, Miles Garrett who hit Mason Rudolph in the head with his helmet. I remember that fight. I think we referenced it maybe five, six podcasts. Um, so, I mean, yeah. I guess that's probably, if anything, extra motivation for Cleveland. Um, but Cleveland does need to win this game to get into the playoffs. Line opened at minus four in favor of Cleveland, and it's now minus nine. So now that open, when would that have been? Because why Cleveland wouldn't have been favored over Pittsburgh unless that was already factoring in the fact that play, uh, Pittsburgh isn't playing for anything, right? No? Okay. Um, so do you have a pick on this game? Do you? Well, I think Cleveland probably wins. I don't know that I'm going to take it at minus nine. Um, the fact that TJ Watt is going to be out... Um, means there's probably going to be less pressure on Baker Mayfield. Now, Cleveland had the issues with COVID last week. Um, and I heard, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, but one of the tight ends, Harrison Bryant, is now on the COVID list. So I guess there is some potential there could be more COVID issues um, that could affect this game. So are the, all their receivers back from last week? Yes. That was a layup. <laughs> when it came game time, they had no receivers. Um, so, I mean, I think Cleveland wins. I don't know if I'm going to take it at minus nine though. That's a lot of points. 
Well, I think for me, it's, you're kind of looking at it like <clears throat> if you're looking at the quarterbacks, Cleveland's playing for their life, right? They got to win. They get in for the most part. I think there's ways they can lose. And if other teams lose, they can probably still sneak in. But you're basically going in this game as the Cleveland Browns thinking you got to win. They get in. And Pittsburgh's taking the opposite approach, right? They're sitting everybody. Um, Mason Rudolph is the quarterback at Pittsburgh, and that's really where I keep – I'm trying to make myself like a side here. <clears throat> and um, it's it's really Cleveland for, in my mind. And what's going to make me take Cleveland is the play against Mason Rudolph. I just don't think Mason Rudolph is any good. Um, and Cleveland's – Pittsburgh's clearly struggled. They they found something at the second half of last game, but that was with Ben Roethlisberger, right? I think that's what they needed to figure out is Ben throwing the ball and receivers catching the ball. Uh, but none of those guys are playing, so I don't know how you can like Pittsburgh here, but it's not a strong play for me either way, but I, if I had to play it, I'd play Cleveland. So I'll be all on the books for Cleveland. All right, so the next 1 o'clock game is the New York Jets at the New England Patriots. Um, this opened at minus 10 in favor of the Patriots. It's at minus three in favor of the Patriots. Four o'clock. Remember? As I pointed, I saw it. Okay. Um, now both of these teams are, um, both out of any, um, playoff contentions here. So, I mean, New England is pretty much done. I would like it better if it was still at minus 10. Um, these teams played in week eight. Patriots only won that game by three. It was 30 to 27. I don't really know if I see the Pats putting up 30 points again. So I'm almost inclined to take the Jets. Well, if you think that the Jets were going to tank, they wouldn't have won the last two games, right? But the situation, if you're looking at the pick, right, to try to make your decision here, and just maybe this is a good place to level set. <clears throat> you got Jacksonville with one win. Right at the bottom of the league. The Jets are next with two wins at the second from bottom of the league. Then you jump up the four wins. And you got the Eagles, you have Houston, you have Cincinnati, and you have Atlanta. But let's not talk, worry about the four wins. Let's talk about the Jets, right? Because we're at the Jets game. So they have two wins. So what are they really playing for? If they win the game and they jump to three wins, they're not going to get any worse than two. Because everybody else, the next teams, already have four wins. Okay. So the Jets really, and I don't know how the tiebreaker works. Jacksonville might already have it locked in, but say Jacksonville wins and the Jets lose, then they'd both have two wins. Well, I think if somebody, I heard on the radio that Jacksonville was already locked in to the number one. All right. So the Jets don't care. I mean, they're, they're not playing for position here. I think New England is one of those teams that would be playing. They have like six wins, right? So you have a whole muddle of teams in that five, six win category. So they're probably better off not winning. Exactly, and it's Bill Belichick, right? He's smart enough to to not win a game. Um, I think the way the Jets have played, and I wasn't going to play. I, I have kind of played everything out already, and I wasn't going to play this game. But as I talk about it, I'm taking the Jets. They win this game. All right. I'm with you on the Jets. Sad as that is. All right. Next 1 o'clock game is the Minnesota Vikings at Detroit. This opened at minus three and a half in favor of the Vikings. It's now at minus six and a half. Um, Matt Stafford last week where he was already had the thumb and the rib injury also hurt his ankle. Um, 
the Vikings will be without Dalvin Cook due to personal reasons. Um, these teams played in week eight where the Vikings won 34 to 20 and neither of these teams are playing for anything. What are you laughing at? Dalvin Cook's not playing. Dalvin Cook's not playing. Did you not know that? No, I'm just looking at this game. Oh. Trying to figure out who's going to win. I mean, I feel like the Lions have pretty much checked out too. So they've looked horrible the last few weeks. I mean, they had some issues with the coaching staff. Well, I mean, the only, reason, the only reason I like Minnesota is Dalvin Cook and he's not playing. So how can you like Minnesota? Detroit looks like they cashed it in. Yeah. Other than Stafford being at home, maybe for like, you know, him thinking this is my last time playing here, which probably is for him. Maybe he, that gives him something to play for. Um, so if I had to play it, I'd maybe look at that Detroit angle and Stafford might be the only one playing for something. Yeah, but he's got three different injuries he's suffering from. I don't even know why he's still playing. Yeah. So who knows how long he'd last, right? I mean, I think one of the, I don't know what, which backup running back it's going to be because the um, Alexander Madison had a concussion. So he would have to clear the protocol. Um, after that, it's um, Mike Boone or Amir Abdullah. Um, but uh, to a large extent, I think a running back is a product of the offensive line. Um, I almost feel like if there's... So I feel like one of those guys is capable, of, especially against Detroit. Well, I almost feel like if you're someone who's trying to pick games and you sit up here and you try to like beat your chest, tell you that one of the these teams is winning this week, they're a fraud. Like, how can you really like one side versus the other here? I mean, I don't know. I don't see it. Well, don't you think? I'm, I mean, not, Kirk, I'm not picking it. Don't you think like Kirk Cousins? I mean, he's taken a lot of criticism over the years um, to be that guy. So, I mean, doesn't he have some incentive to go out there and play well? Um, especially can, against a shitty can, team. You can talk yourself into all the incentive you want. And Plus I know you have, I was doing that with Stafford, right? Right. But at the end of the day, what, well, you what also, is anybody in these two teams giving you confidence that they're going to have the ability you also have play on top of the perspective or the will to want to win. <laughs> you also have players that are playing for incentives in their contract. And I think money is a good motivating factor for people. Um, and Justin Jefferson is one of those guys. So I don't care what you say. I'm taking Minnesota. Okay. I thought you really sound like you were leaning towards no pick. So that's why I aggressively went in. And <laughs> then you take a side. Wow. Don't listen to her. You're the one that's on fire. So don't listen to me. Minnesota, I'll take them. Do you like them? I'll take them. All right. That's my new philosophy. Next, I'm rolling with you. Next game up is Atlanta <laughs> at Tampa Bay. Forget everything I said. So these two teams played two weeks ago in week 15. Um, Tampa Bay won that game. They did not cover. The line was six in that game, and it's also six or six and a half in this game, um, despite the game, this game being in Tampa, not Atlanta. Um, I don't know if Julio Jones is possibly going to play this week because he was only questionable as opposed to, I feel like previous weeks he's been ruled out by this point. Now oh, he has, because I remember saying it on the podcast. So, um, Tampa Bay has already clinched a playoff. He's ruled out already. Oh, he was? Oh, that was seven days ago, so maybe that was... Well, that was last week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're, on, you're on fire tonight, Steve. It's um, the first one that popped up. I mean, I thought it was fresh. So, now I forget where I was. 
Um, okay, so Tampa Bay is already locked into the playoffs. They cannot win the division. Um, so they're basically playing for seeding. But if they win this game, they would most likely be, or almost positively be, the fifth seed, which would take on the winner of the, what division are you? The NFC. Um, yeah, but what division? The Eagles are in what? Oh, NFC East. The NFC East. Which they would um, <laughs> probably be the best matchup for them going into the playoffs. And also, depending on what happens with the four o'clock games, I would assume that Tampa Bay would most likely want to avoid playing the Saints in the first round. So if they lock themselves into the fifth seed, then they avoid that possibility. Yeah, they're, um, well, they're going to want to finish in the fifth seed because anybody's going to want to play the NFC East first, right? Correct. So they're going to try to win this game bad. They're not so, going to want to fall down to six. Um, I'm going to take Tampa Bay. All right, I don't know how you can go against Tampa here. Um, I'll go with you with Tampa. I would not take Atlanta, but the points worry me just because it's a lot of points. And whenever, just look at last week, right? I was, well, I was on I, Kansas City. Yeah. And uh, Atlanta had no reason to go into Kansas City and do anything, and they played them with three points. So, you know, that worries me a little bit, but this is the NFL, and when you're just looking at the last week, um, you get burned. So I think maybe, you know, you take the angle that the submissive approach after the Tampa Bay just came back and schooled them again and came back from three touchdowns after halftime to win – that Atlanta just mentally doesn't think that they can beat Tampa or Tom Brady, let's say. Well, um, and you have to so I mean, go, Tampa, go Tampa. Tampa Bay made adjustments at halftime <coughs> of that game that they can take into this game. I doubt Atlanta is really game planning too much at this point of the season. So, yeah, um, I'm with you. I'll right. go with you. All right. So next game up is Baltimore at Cincinnati. Um, this is and has been uh, at minus 12 and a half in favor of Baltimore. Cincinnati is obviously out of playoff contention. Baltimore is basically playing for their playoff life. Um, Cincinnati obviously has been showing some fight lately. Um, they beat Pittsburgh two weeks ago. They also beat the Texans last week, um, which I think was a loss for both of us. So it's a lot of points. And I think it's really going to come down to how much pressure Baltimore gets on the quarterback for Cincinnati. Um, these teams played in week five where the Ravens won 27 to three. So if Baltimore's defense really steps up, I could see it being a similar score this week. Um, if their defense doesn't show up as much, it could be a closer game. But given the fact that Baltimore has to win this game to make the playoffs, I think I'm willing to take it at 12 and a half. You talked me off of Baltimore last week against the Giants. Um, so I'm going to think I'm going to go with them this week. So I can't look at this game without thinking about um, Pittsburgh coming into Cincinnati in a similar position a couple of Monday nights ago and uh, getting derailed. You know, does you kind of put Baltimore and Pittsburgh in that same group, you know, in the same division, very like teams. And um, the first time Baltimore and Pittsburgh played Cincinnati earlier in the season, they both smoked Cincinnati. You know, 
two weeks ago, Pittsburgh comes in, Cincinnati looks like a whole different defense, and um, you know Pittsburgh was struggling, but Cincinnati really stepped up the physicality. You know, would they like to end Baltimore season and keep them out of the playoffs? I mean, it's another team that they don't like very much. Um, I think I'm going to go Cincinnati here. All right. It's too many points. One where we differ. All right. Next game up is Miami at Buffalo. Now, Buffalo has already locked up their spot in the playoffs. So the only thing they would really be playing for here is seeding. Um, Miami is playing for a spot in the playoffs. Um, and uh, Sean McDermott has been kind of close-lipped about what his intentions are, whether he plans to play his starters or not. Um, Pittsburgh, in a similar position, has already said they're going to rest their guys. So we don't really know what's going to happen in this game. Um, last week's Miami game was interesting. Miami's kind of like different than most teams. Most teams have a starting quarterback who's the guy that can win the game for them and a backup that they hope can come in and just keep them in the game. Baltimore is kind of the opposite. They have Tua, who they're just trying to have keep them in the games. And Tua's then they have... Miami. I'm talking about Miami. You said Baltimore's just the opposite. They well, I meant Tua. Miami. Um, they have Tua, who they're just hoping can keep them in the game. And then Fitzmagic on the bench, who they will bring in um, to actually win the game for them. Now, unfortunately, this week, they're not going to have Fitzmagic because he's on the COVID list. So that is a big hit to them, I think, because if it is going to be Josh Allen um, and Buffalo is going to play a majority of this game, I think Miami needs Fitzpatrick to win this game. Now, if it's not going to be Josh Allen, then it's Matt Barkley. Um, so maybe Miami has a shot. What are your thoughts? I don't like the fact that Fitzpatrick's not available for this game because then you really have nowhere to go to a struggles. Buffalo plays good defense. I think they're going to show up and try to get a, a best seed that they can. Now, um, the only thing that worries me is in the last, the fourth quarter of the um, Patriots game last week, Cole Beasley got hurt. Now I know Cole Beasley is not like the star uh, receiver, but he is the slot guy, and yeah, Allen goes well. to him quite a bit. Um, he plays well; they win. And I mean, he had a couple big games this year where you know that's what the defense was giving him. So that is a hit to the team, and it might make a coach who would otherwise have played his starters the full game reconsider that. Um, so that kind of worries me. I don't know. I'm all over the place on this game because uh, I don't want to take it. So I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to talk myself into taking this game. I have it written down here. No play. All right. All right. I like both teams. I'm going to be cheering for Miami. I don't like the fact that Fitzpatrick is not going to be available. Um, I don't know how long McDermott is going to leave Josh Allen in the game. Um, do they really care what the seed is? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how hard they're going to be playing or what matchup they're trying to look look at. Um, but I can't, I, I see Miami in the playoffs. I don't know if, if it's a couple teams lose, not from what I'm saying, but you know, I, I just worry that too, it's too young. It's, he's too young. It's a tough situation. I mean, personally, if Buffalo I tries would, to play. I would love to see Ryan Fitzpatrick win a Super Bowl. <laughs> I really would. Well, I mean, that's a whole nother debate. Like if they make the playoffs and Fitzpatrick's okay, right. Wouldn't it make sense to start him? 
Well, I think like who cares about the psyche of Tua? Like you know, you, he knows he's the future. He's not. He, he's going to be upset because he's going to want to play. But I mean, Fitzpatrick clearly gives him the best chance to win now. Right. Well, I guess that's what it comes down to: is what are you trying to do? Are you trying to build your franchise with Tua, or are you trying to win a Super Bowl? I mean, honestly, it, and I don't think that it, it sends a good message to put Tua in for like say two series, and then he looks bad and say, "Okay, Fitz, go in." I think you're better off just like instilling the confidence if you want to try to ser- make a serious run with that defense. You got a shot um, that you got to really anoint Fitz to starter. Hey, what they did was unconventional, and I mean, not necessarily unconventional, but they had, you know, they were undefeated, right? Or had one loss. I think they were undefeated when they put Tua in. No, they were definitely not undefeated. Uh, they had like one loss, I think. They lost week one to the Patriots. Yeah. They lost week two, I think, to the Bills. But they were rolling, so they were like so six or seven yeah. and one, and they pulled them out. I don't think that, you know, anybody would really be upset if they put Fitz back in. What they're probably going to do is they're going to go to it. Well, you know? I mean, this, they'll, they'll pull the trigger at halftime in, play, in the playoffs if he looks bad. Yeah, well, this could all be a moot point because if they don't win this game, they don't make it in the playoffs. But So I'm no pick. Um, Too much going on here. I can't figure it out. Well, I'm going to say, I mean, if see what happens on Sunday. If it looks like um, Buffalo is going to play its starters for you know, at least the majority of the game, then I would take the bills all day. Um, if they're not going to play their starters, then maybe you have to look at Miami. Um, but the fact that Fitzpatrick isn't there to, to come in and, and win the game for them if they need it is not, not good for them. So, you know, and how banged up are these teams, you know, to make the decision to sit, I don't think anybody's going to put anybody under fire for, you know, this COVID crazy season for a coach saying, you know, I elected to just rest my guys. We knew we were going to get in the playoffs and um, we would just want to be rested. You look, Pittsburgh's uh, looking you right in the, right in the face and saying, we're resting all our players and we don't care what you say about it. You know, the league some, in the past has pressured teams to, to play, especially if it's playoff implications to play their players, at least they have. Pittsburgh's basically saying, no, we don't care. You know, Ben sitting, we didn't have well, a buy. Well, personally, I mean, I think that decision can, could come back to haunt them because there is something to be said for momentum. And um, when you're playing every week leading up to the playoffs versus not playing the week before you enter the playoffs, that can make a difference. And I think that could be a major um, gaffe by Tomlin. Personally, I like it um, because of the situation that they're coming Because they off didn't of- get a buy. <clears throat> Well, that there's a couple different things of reason why I could argue for it. And I think you go back and forth. I'm not saying one way is right or the wrong, but I like it because of the buy. They didn't have a buy. They need to rest. They had two or three bad games, three bad games. Right. And then the last half of football they played was spectacular on offense. And they came back and beat the, well, and the team. Right. I heard on the radio. So that- why not just sit the guys and say, we'll roll into the playoffs. Why go in and have another bad game? And then go into playoffs was still the questions. This way you can kind of focus, give them a week off. They're feeling good about themselves because of the way they played the second half. Yeah, but they get okay. themselves mentally prepared to play so in the playoffs. I heard on the radio that the reason that they came back in the second half was because they were letting Ben Roethlisberger call the plays. So because the offensive coordinator who normally calls them is apparently incredibly predictable at this point. So how does that change anything? Because you're not going to well, go into the playoffs letting Ben Roethlisberger call the plays. That That is a fact. It's what they were saying was Ben was in the huddle drawing up plays like in the dirt. Basically, taking plays that they practiced from say six or seven uh, game plans ago, and recalling those plays. Um, so the receivers confirmed that after the game. 
So, you know, maybe they kind of look back and, and talk to Ben and what do you like to do? And I think they have to do that. It's going to cause them to be more successful. So I think there is something to that. But, I mean, <clears throat> sounds like you're taking the side that they just kind of figured that out. They'd probably be good at going into another game and um, working on that strategy with Ben just kind of basically well, calling the plays or as he goes. the offensive coordinator taking into account what the players think is the better approach yeah, than well, calling the same tired plays over and over again. But okay. Anyway, let's move on. So the net, now we're shifting over to the four o'clock games. Um, so the first game here on our list is Jacksonville at Indianapolis. Um, this is minus 14 in favor of Indy. Um, Jacksonville obviously out of playoff contention with their one win on the season. Indy needs this win to get in. Um, and it's basically Indy and Tennessee fighting for the division. Um, it will be Mike Glennon at quarterback for Jacksonville. Um, their running back James Robinson is out. DJ Shark is out. Um, and I was very excited when I saw it was going to be Mike Glennon because I had a good wide receiver for FanDuel. And then I found out that he is in on the injured reserve. List Shark? No, it was um, Glennon seemed to have a connection with this Colin Johnson kid who's like a rookie, but he had a couple good games when it was. Um, How about the running back? Is he first came in. He's out. I uh, just mentioned that three seconds ago. Yeah, and Shark. So. Um, Indianapolis. They need it's a, it. Yeah, they need it. It's a big line, though. 14 points. Yeah, Jacksonville's going to get smoked. They've been getting smoked the last couple of games. They have. This is going to be no different. Hmm. Foot on the throttle. And, I mean, Jacksonville puts up no more than 10 points. Okay. I don't know if I can 28 take it. 28 to 10. I don't I like. know if I can take it at 14, though. 28, 31, 10, somewhere around there. Okay. So you're saying no... <laughs> You don't know if you can take it? I don't know if I can take it. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, we'll talk yourself into one way or not the other. Is it a pick for you? No. Okay. Is it a pick for you? Yeah, Indianapolis. Okay. All right. Next game is Green Bay at Chicago. Um, Green Bay would get the first round bye with a win. Which is only one seed, just to remind everybody. There's only one team with a bye. In each conference. Yeah. In each conference. So there's two teams with buys. Chiefs um, and then whoever gets one in the NFC. They um, lost their offensive tackle, David Bottiari, at practice. Um, so they will be without him for the duration of the playoffs. <clears throat> That's really big. Um, Green Bay has historically um, had Chicago's number. These teams met in week 11 where Green Bay won 41 to 25. Um, Chicago does have a shot at still making the playoffs um, if they win this game. Um, otherwise, they would need Arizona to lose, and they could still get in. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been on a tear. This line actually went down, though, a point. It opened at minus 5.5 in favor of Green Bay. It's at minus 4.5 in favor of Green Bay. Um. I mean, Chicago's played well the last few weeks, but they played some pretty crappy opponents too. So, um, or pretty crappy defenses. So, 
Rogers has been on a tear. Um, so I'm taking Green Bay. And I like the fact that the line went down. Yeah, Green Bay. Um, I think they're going to have some problems with their tackle going out. They're going to have to try to fill the hole and um, do it quickly because they don't have much time here to figure it out, especially if they don't get a bye. I think Chicago's playing good football. I like that defense. It's going to cause even more havoc with having to replace that position. Officially for me, um, it's a no play. But if I had to play it, I'm leaning towards Chicago. Hmm. But it's a no play. All right. Next four o'clock game is Tennessee at Houston. Um, This open at minus four and a half in favor of Tennessee. It's at minus seven and a half in favor of Tennessee. Um, So Tennessee needs the win to get in. They're vying for the division with Indy. I'm not exactly sure how it plays out if think if Tennessee loses, they could potentially not make the playoffs, depending on what happens in a couple other games. Um, I'm going to blame the snow for last week. Um, so do we run through that whole situation? I can't because I don't understand it. All right. So there's a lot more because there's so many teams involved. So we're not going to cover every aspect, but we mm-hmm. were reviewing this before the podcast. So I'm going to try to do a clean version of the most important things when it comes to Tennessee and Indy both trying to win their division and then the impacts of the teams that are right behind them. um, When you consider that the team that doesn't win a division will then get thrown into the cast of was it four teams uh, vying for three playoff spots. So as we roll here through the standings, it's Tennessee and Indy. Let's just say whoever loses that game, the way it reads is if Indy loses the division and Tennessee's the division winner, which would happen if Tennessee wins or Tennessee loses and Indy loses. If Tennessee loses and Indy wins, then Indy would win the division. So if let's just say Tenny, the, the better chances assume Tennessee, Tennessee wins. wins the division, right? So Indy, if Indy loses and they finish with 10 wins, they'd finish with 10 and six. And let's say the other teams that are in that mess for that wild card, which is Cleveland, Baltimore, Miami. They're both 10 and 5, and Miami is 10 and 5. So, or you say Tennessee and Indy both win, right? Which is probably the bigger probability. They both win. Tennessee wins the division. Indy has 11 wins, and they're 11 and 5. So then Baltimore wins. They have 11, they're 11 and five. Cleveland wins. They're 11 and five. Let's say they beat Pittsburgh and then Miami beats Buffalo is 11 and five. So the I guess culture of the team that's out okay. if they all finish tied with the tied record, the way it reads, because it says basically the Colts need to win. And one of these three teams lose Miami, Baltimore and Cleveland. So that tells us that they're the team that's out if they all finish in a tie. Now, any of those team loses, they finish with 10 wins. And then the other teams, you know, anybody that wins here is going to get in. Um, so everybody pretty much controls their own destiny with the exception of the Colts. Right. Okay. So that's basically it in a summary. But, you know, you start getting into like a couple teams tie for that spot. Yeah, um, we're not going to get in We're not going to get in that far. <laughs> so, all right, back to this game. Um Houston has been terrible on defense. They lost last week to the Bengals. Um, Boo. 
Yeah. And you can run on Houston. Yeah, and Tennessee's just trying to run the ball all day, right, with Derrick Henry. I like Tennessee. Do you like Tennessee? Uh, the I hook mean, has me a little worried because I can see Deshaun Watson, you know, throwing it to try to get him back in it. I mean, I think he's just playing to play because he's a competitive guy I at this him. point. Yeah, he's good. Um, So the hook scares me, but I, I'm going to take Tennessee up to seven. And I hope that's not just a homer take like maybe last week's pick was. Well, I think here's the thing to consider too, right? So Houston doesn't have a coach. They are one of those four teams that are sitting in the, let's say, fighting for the third spot or the third pick of the draft. Mm -hmm. So they have no motivation to win this game. In fact, they're probably in the best situation to tank this game and just say, screw it. You know, Sean, we want a better pick because, you know, you're going to be the quarterback next year. It'll help us get a better player. The coach doesn't care. The owner could easily or the GM say, hey, make sure you don't win this game uh, with O'Brien out of there. So I think that you're going to see Tennessee. Uh, if you take a look at it, that aspect, and Tennessee is seems to be heading strong into the playoffs. I, I told you we we're gonna. I was going to take Tennessee and Indy all the way through the last couple of months, uh, last couple of weeks. I veered off that a little bit, but I'm back on it. I think both of these teams roll. Yeah, and I feel like I mean Tennessee had a rough game defensively a few weeks ago against the Browns. At least they came back the following week and and. Played a little better that way. I mean, the defense was horrible last week against Green Bay. I don't think they could stop them at all. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they show up a little bit this week. Um, so, all right, Tennessee. Tennessee. So next game up is New Orleans at Carolina. Carolina obviously out of playoff contention. The Saints have a chance at the uh, first round bye, but they would need Green Bay to lose. Obviously, they're not going to know because that game is going on at the same time. Saints won this matchup in week six, only by three points, 27 to 24. The line in this game right now, although I haven't checked it again, is minus six because recent news broke that Alvin Kamara um, has COVID or was on is on the COVID list, so he will not be eligible to play. And it must be an actual he tested positive because they were saying something about whether he would even be available for the first round of the playoffs. So that's a game changer. Um, I was already going to take Carolina in this game because I think they can keep it close. Um, Saints are already without Michael Thomas. Um, now they're not going to have Kamara. I mean, that's their kind of their whole game plan um, when they don't have Michael Thomas. So I'm not exactly sure what they're going to do here. Your thoughts? Um, with no Kamara, no Michael Thomas, I don't see how you can take the Saints. I mean, Drew Brees is not going to carry this team to victory, um, even though they are playing for the bye. <clears throat> I think Carolina showed last week that, you know, even against a tough defense uh, like Washington has, that they can be gritty and pull out a win. I like Matt Rule. I think he's got him going the right direction. I like Bridgewater. I'm taking Carolina. No Kamara, that's big. Um, but I also already didn't like them because of the fact that Michael Thomas has been ruled out and is on the IR. So I think New Orleans got big problems ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're going to have big problems too if they don't have them in the playoffs for sure. All right. So I'm trying to follow this thing here. So the next game up is going to be LA Chargers at Kansas City. For so, me, Kansas City sitting everybody, take the Chargers because the kid's going to try to throw the ball everywhere. He's going to throw the ball um, probably 30 times. Well, so, and these teams met in week two. It was actually Justin Herbert's first game. Um, Chiefs only won that by three. Um, so that was a close game. 
Chiefs open as a three-point favorite has flipped to, to the Chargers being a three-and-a-half favorite right. on the road. So I don't like that aspect now, on know. the road, but... I don't know that Andy Reid has ruled out anybody other than Patrick Mahomes is going to sit, but I imagine um, a lot of general conversation. Like they're sitting people, but no names, you know. So you got to you got to know that that. Well, regardless, I mean, is Travis Kelsey going to be successful with Chad Henney throwing the ball? I think they're probably one or two. I mean, they probably take a couple snaps. Um, I mean, they might have some incentive to get Kelsey's like the leader, leading receiver, whatever. Yeah, like like if they have incentives, maybe they need to. You know, they could talk make a few catches, but themselves into the lineup for a little bit. They need a couple catches. Yeah. And Travis, Travis Kelsey's that kind of douchebag. He's yeah, like up there running his mouth in the coach's ear. All right. Second half, they'll all be gone. Um, so yeah, I, get, I think you got it. I love Justin Herbert. So I'm going to take him there for sure. Um, next game up, I haven't heard much about this, but it's Seattle at San Francisco. San Francisco is out of the playoff run. Um, Seattle is the division. Winner, they have a shot at the bye, um, but they would need both Green Bay and the Saints to lose in order to get that. These teams met in week seven, where Seattle won 37 to 27. Um, I got to take San Francisco because I could totally see Pete Carroll like not having his players like up for this game. Because they're not playing for too much more than seeding if you assume that maybe Green Bay is going to win. Now, I mean, because now maybe you could think that maybe the saints do lose so maybe you have a better shot but i could just see this kittle playing yes i know he was came back and he wanted to play uh after playing his butt off last week and is it still uh cj bather i would assume so so the key there is they you know they both went to iowa yes and um you can see last week that he was really fighting for everything that kittle's back like 100 percent. he looks 100 percent to me maybe from a stamina perspective he's still trying to get some of that back he definitely looked like he was um slow they said he was gonna be able to pitch count last week but you know they really played him a lot of snaps i don't have it in front of me but he looked like he was playing a lot um i think it's a good play by you i have a no play i'm not gonna touch this game but i like where your head's at all right um, next game is Las Vegas Raiders at the Denver Broncos. Both of these teams are out of the playoffs. Um, these teams met in week nine where the Raiders won 37 to 12. Um, I'm not sure what happened there. Cause then I was like, well, maybe that's one of the games locked in play, but it was locked. And then I thought well, maybe it was his first game back and it wasn't. So I don't know how the Raiders won that handily, but. Um, I don't know what to do with this game. It opened minus three in favor of Denver. It's a minus two and a half in favor of Vegas. I don't really know why that is. Um, I'm just not going to touch it. I would tell you, you from my feeling, you should probably take Denver because I don't know how Las Vegas has after the way they lost, how they have any motivation to go out there and play this game tough. My only thought was maybe like, I mean, Gruden did sign like a hundred million dollar contract to be the coach there. Like, does he have any like motivation to have at least that one more win in the column? Because he's somehow got to justify the amount of freaking money they're paying him for nothing. Yeah. I mean, but he's not playing the game. Right. So I think, yeah, the answer well, to I mean, that but question Gruden is isn't yes, that- but does that translate to his players um, for the, in this situation? I, well, Gruden's you know, a guy that can talk. If they start losing, are they going to fight back to try to win? I, I don't, don't know. know. I want to go on the record as saying this is a no play for me, though. All right. Well, I've already said it's a no play for So me. let's move on. 
Um, all right. Next game up is Arizona at the LA Rams. Um, now these teams are fighting for a spot in the playoffs. Um, the Ram or the Cardinals win and in Rams win and in, or they need Chicago to lose. So potentially they can both make it. Um, the Rams will be without Jared Goff. They'll also be without Cooper Cup. Um, the starting quarterback is going to be a guy named John Walford, who has never taken a snap in the NFL. He did play in the AAF. Um, Kyler Murray got hurt in the last game. Um, he is expected to play, but I kind of question if he's not going to be able to be mobile. I mean, we saw them struggle in a few games after he was hurt the last time. So I question that you're probably going to have Jalen Ramsey on DeAndre Hopkins. Um, he held him in check in their last matchup. Um, so I'm kind of inclined with the, I mean, the Rams have a better defense. So I'm kind of inclined to take the Rams, even though they have this unknown at quarterback. And I forgot to bring my phone up here, but I had a stat for um, these kind of quarterbacks walking into their first NFL games. Um, not that they when win. You say these kind of quarterbacks, you mean these guys who have come from an alternative league? Um, just a, a guy that hasn't taken a snap in the NFL, either a rookie or a um, backup like this type of situation. Not that they um, win the games, but the, in terms of like against the spread stats were highly in favor of them. Um, so this open at minus four and a half in favor of the Rams is now at minus three in favor of Arizona. Your thoughts? Um, the next two games, and we'll start with this one, the next game is the night game. I, I feel really strongly about, I have good feelings about these two and I'm going to talk a little bit about it. Um, <clears throat> so <clears throat> I don't know, like, I know I'm a Jared Goff hater, but I almost feel like if you could put somebody else that can be somewhat productive in that offense, that they might be better off. So I'm kind of looking forward to this game and I'm going to tell you right up front, I'm going Rams. But I'm going to explain it. And I think we're going to talk a little bit and dive into this John Wolford guy. Right. So he's going to be the quarterback. He's from Wake Forest. Um, you mentioned the AAF. Do you know what it stands for? The Allegiance of American Football. <clears throat> the Alliance of American Alliance Football. Of very close. Whatever. Good job. It was very good. Um, I don't I, know I, I if this know. was like the league that like two years ago, they were really building it up and. I was kind of excited. Yeah, it didn't last. It didn't last. They, they broke it. It actually was decent. I think we they watched, did a good job like, of marketing it. We watched a couple and then like two games just before kind of the season. about it. No, because what happened two games before the season was over, they just, they just wrapped it up and I don't think they had enough money to continue. Yeah. There was only like 10 teams or something, but they were talking to this guy up like he was a star in this league. And if the league only lasted like eight games, like how can he really claim he was? All right, a so he's got no snaps in the NFL, right? So let's go back to, he's a Wake Forest guy and he, and he was pretty good. I don't want to bore you with college stats, but he was like the, the 2017 bowl that, that they were in, um, he was the MVP, right? So they did sign him because they liked what he did in this league. But what did he do in the league? This is the last time he played. He was playing for the Arizona Hotshots of the AAF, right? Eight games, 1,617 yards. So that translates into over a 3,000-yard passer in, in a full NFL season. 14 touchdowns and seven interceptions. So 28 and 14, right? It's two to one ratio. The comparisons 
that I'm hearing out of camp from multiple players in at the Rams is Doug Flutie. So what that says to me is he's a scrambler. He can he's going to be mobile. He's going to be running around, and that's going to give. That's the kind of quarterback that's going to be good against Arizona because they have a lot of speed, they have a lot of quickness, and you got to get out of the pocket. Now Arizona is not a bad defense, so that's what I worry about a little bit here. But I almost feel like some of the quotes that I'm reading, they have full confidence in this guy. And to your credit, what you were talking about, like other quarterbacks coming in, and and we talked about it earlier. Some of these guys from from like the Canadian Football League, the Arena Football League, the AAF, you know, we can't use that as an example, but these other it's alternative XFL. leagues coming in and XFL, good example, and having some success. Take it with a grain of salt because we've never seen this guy play and line up on a Sunday before, but I like this position. And this is the main thing, the main reason why I'm going Rams here. Not only like I, from what I've, the research that I've done on Wolford gives me enough confidence that. I'm not saying this is just some dumb rookie who's going to get killed. I think, you know, maybe it's a low-scoring game. He wills them to a win. Well, the I key think here is, real quick, just let me get this point out after all that talking, because I didn't even really say the main point, which is when you look at these two teams, you actually have two points, but when you look at these two teams and you look at the four units, right, the offenses and the defenses on both sides, who's the best unit out of the four? Well, the Rams defense. The Rams defense, and that's why I'm taking the game, because – Tyler, Kyler Murray is not healthy. And you talked about that. You called that out three weeks ago, and I should have listened to you because he does not look that healthy. And he's still struggling, and he's starting to admit some of it. And I think that defense is going to own him. So can the Rams score enough points to, to out, you know, outscore a Cardinals offense that will most likely struggle against a, a great Rams defense? I think the answer is yes. So for that reason, I'm going to take the Rams because their best unit is the best unit on that field is going to be the Rams defense. And I think it's a difference maker. And I have confidence that John Wolford can come out of nowhere and get these guys excited to go into the playoffs. Now, when they get into playoffs, it's a whole nother story. But for, I think for one week here, there's no tape on him. I think you take the Rams. Especially yeah, at I, home getting points. I think that it it tends to be the situation where you, if you have a good defense and you're in the situation where you don't have your starting quarterback, the defense really steps up to try to. Yes, they already know they're coming in and it's on them. You know what I mean? Like so, Aaron Donald has to show up because I mean, they're already have, behind the eight ball without their quarterback. Right. You have Aaron Donald Great. coming after a hobbled Kyler Murray. So you're on who? The Rams. Okay. So I guess we're both on the Rams. I thought you liked Arizona. No, and, and Arizona's kind of pissed me off because they've cost me t- two weeks out of this season. I took them last week, and that was a mistake in Did you say Arizona before you kicked it over to me? No. Okay. I I started the whole thing talking about John Walford, and I said, okay. I'm taking the Rams. Okay. So let's move on to the final game on the list, which is the Sunday night game, and it is Washington at Philadelphia. Um, it was minus four in favor of Philly. It's minus three in favor of Washington. Um, who do you like here? I'm really curious. Do you have a play? Well, it's going to depend on who the starting quarterback is That's again. The key, right? And we know it won't be Dwayne Haskins cause he's no longer a Redskin. Um, if it is Alex Smith, I think that, um, he can manage the game well enough to get them the victory. Um, I agree. And the Washington defense can. It seems do what like they it's 50 50 that he's going to play, 
Right. So look at this. I'm trying to think. We had this debate last week. I think it's a little bit better than 50-50. I honestly think they would have cut Dwayne Haskins last week if they thought that um, Smith was going to play last week. That's the only reason they kept him on the roster after the whole strip club incident thing. Um, So, but I think they also realized that even this, um, what's his name? Tyler Henneke or something. Heineke. Taylor. Taylor, whatever. Um, is more capable than Dwayne Haskins. Well, that's the question, right? So like when I was thinking about this game, like I like Washington to win the division, but you you can't just say because I like Washington to win the division. I mean, it comes down to this game, right? So let's analyze this game. So coming into this game, um, you had to ask yourself like, you know, we don't even know who the starting quarterback is. It's 50-50. So you really have to look at this and say, how much can we learn about Taylor Heineke? Like, well, know, he was somewhere before, and I can't remember where. He was at the Vikings. He started the Vikings in 2015. He was an undrafted free agent, but he's been in a couple teams. The Patriots was one of them, so that's probably how, how you know him no. because you've Mm-mm. he was with the Patriots. Uh, he might have been with Houston as well, um, but he was he has juggled through a couple of teams. He was, in 2015, like I said, an undrafted free agent with the Vikings. Was he's he? hopped around. He went to Old Dominion, um, but the key is like, he came in at that Panthers game, Um and had 19 uh, pass attempts and completed 12 of them for 137 yards. So but he was, was that against capable. a prevent defense? Oh, I don't know. I didn't watch the game. So, I, you know, you can't really book much on that. The problem is, is that you got to figure out, is this guy capable against a fledgling defense like the Eagles? Because the Eagles have a lot of injuries and guys that are now um, starting to come down with COVID. Well, let me ask defense. you this from a... From Philly's side of the ball, their record is what? So this is another good point. I know where you're going with from a draft perspective. Yeah. They're one of the four teams we talked about that have four wins. So the Eagles, I think, are actually in the driver's seat that, you know, technically, you know, these teams are playing for the third pick. Atlanta, Houston, Philadelphia, Cincinnati Bengals. They're all sitting there with four wins. And the team... One of those teams is going to have the third pick over on the draft. You know, so you talk to yourself, can you trade out of that slot? Let's say you're the Eagles, right? And you have a Carson Wentz who you could trade and get some draft capital for. And then you end up with the third pick over on the draft. Now, you're probably going to spend that on like a receiver or something. But you could trade down there and you could really rebuild your roster and <laughs> do some serious damage within this next year's draft. Um but so does it really matter when you're going to take a Jalen Rieger over a Justin Jefferson anyway? Well, they're not going to pick well, but I think because of what they've done, let's put it this way. There's receivers coming out in this draft that at the third pick of the overall that you're talking like, um, you know, Megatron, like um, a stud receiver. Yeah, but weren't like they talking Fitzgerald. that way before? Because it's funny because I remember when the draft <clears throat> happened and I didn't know who Jalen Rieger was. I didn't know who Justin Jefferson was, but I knew who they are now. And these guys were like the 28th pick of the draft, right? We're talking the 20th pick in the draft. There's a big difference when you're talking about like um, a McLaren, like a number, like a, a top, you know, Julio Jones, you know, you would like a Julio Jones. Anyway, let's not talk about the Eagles draft. Okay. Let's talk about this Move game. On. So, Basically, I'm saying if I don't know that Alex Smith is starting, can I seriously get support behind Taylor Heineke? And I think the answer is yes, because bottom line for me is just like I said with the last game, and it was going to be a theme with these last two games, you got to take the four as they play right now, as they're coming into Sunday, the four units, right? Washington's offense, Washington's defense, Eagles offense, Eagles defense, and which is the best unit? Washington defense. Same thing as the last game, right? And that's why I took 
uh, said to take the Rams. This is why I'm saying taking Washington, which is why it doesn't necessarily matter who the starting quarterback is in this game because it doesn't impact the best unit on that team. And I don't think that the Eagles offensively with Jalen Hurts being a rookie quarterback and the amount of pressure that they're going to get on these backup linemen for the Eagles that are going to be in there, they've proven all season that they can't block anybody, even the starters. Now you got their whole starting lines out. They're going to get smoked. They're absolutely going to get smoked. It doesn't matter. They could score 10 points with this guy, Taylor Heineke, and I don't think the Eagles should score more than three. You know, and you got to ask yourself, are they going to lose on purpose anyway? Because they could get the third overall pick in the draft. So I'm going Washington strong. And if it's Alex Smith, bet the farm on it. Because if he's coming back, that means he's able to play. They're not going to risk that leg after everything he's been through. They're not going to risk him for this game. They're just hopefully get the win with somebody else and then have him ready for the playoffs. So if he plays, you know, he's damn well ready to play and he's going to play good. So I would take Washington if you find out he's going to play. But you got awful Big. like hot there, like almost like your team Eagles was playing for anything. Off. I can't believe that we're sitting here, right? Here's the bottom line with the, the reality of the situation is that three out of the four of these garbage teams in the NFC East, and you're not Washington, even- New York Giants, and the Cowboys all have a legitimate shot to win the division and go into the playoffs. And the only team that doesn't is the Eagles. It's goddamn embarrassing how we long, how we grossman. I don't even know. I mean, can't even talk to right now. I don't even um, know who you are. Do you- Howie Roseman, get the hell out of Philadelphia, man. Blowing it. Don't let Howie Roseman ruin this draft. Get somebody in here that knows what they're doing. <laughs> Trade me- down from the third pick and line up all the draft picks. All Let's right. go. All right. So that'll do it for us for week 17. We'll questionably maybe be back for a um, short playoffs. podcast we'll for in playoffs. the playoffs. All right. I'll but make them because just- you're hot. You got to go back and get these yeah, guys. Yeah, the playoffs hear what you're are doing. tough. I don't know. And there's only so many games. So um, regardless, if you're watching, make sure that you subscribe to us on YouTube and like and or like us on Facebook um, so that you'll know when we are back for the 2020-21 season. Peace out.